Last week in Thomas and the Bible, Thomas announces an online poll for the subject of his new podcast. Get your votes in at thomasinthebible.com slash poll. We then jump in the Wayback Machine for 1 and 2 Thessalonians, the oldest documents in the New Testament. Epistle says hi, tosses in a little Jew hate, and for the first time we hear that Jesus is coming back really soon. Like right now, with trumpets and angels. Just wait. Alrighty then. While you wait, be good and don't have sex. 2 Thessalonians is actually disputed. Apparently a pseudo-pasal, probably some pious priest pursuing popularity, pretentiously penned this piece, pretending to be the pasal. On the plus side, my new pop filter seems to be working. The pseudo-pasal says no to freeloading and reminds them that Jeebus has in fact not yet returned, so keep waiting. Will Jeebus ever return? Only way to find out is to keep listening to Thomas and the Bible. So good. So good. I would say that with this new pop filter, you've now gone from like a 99.9 out of 100 to 100. You're actually at it. That was the only, like I couldn't, that was the one thing I could find to be like, hey, here's a kind of a thing to improve on. But that's it. Like it did, your intros, Kevin, your intros are amazing. I love every week. They really, they really brighten my day. So uh, thanks again for another great in- intro and uh, for reminding me about the poll. That's Thomas in the Bible slash dot com slash poll. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to re- I want to reveal those results in dramatic fashion. I've been save. I, I don't believe unless I'm crazy. I don't think it lets you see them. I I ticked the option that says don't display the results. But here's the thing. Of it is so close. It's so close. I've gotten a lot of votes. I could get. I could use more votes. So you know, cast your vote still. There are three options that are in a dead heat. I mean, there's a little separation, but it, 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 I, so here's the thing I'm considering right now in real time, maybe I should tell you the three options because I believe I also ticked the option that allows people to change their votes. Like you're, you're only supposed to be able to vote once, which is good, but I think you can change your vote. So I'm, I, what I'm wondering, what I want to do is Make it so the people who voted on something that has no chance, for them to be able to say, oh, the thing I voted for has no chance, maybe I'd better, of the three that are very close, pick my favorite, and then that way I'll get to have had a voice in the whole thing, you know. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know how many of you really care enough to take the time to go do it. Maybe nobody cares enough. But I'm going to, okay, I'll tell you. The three, I'm not going to give you any order. I don't want to tell you what order any of these are in. The top three, and it, it is very close, like a handful of votes could decide the difference. So it's very close. The top three, again, and no, this is random order, are books that didn't make the Bible, e.g. Gospel of Thomas, the Quran, and wait for it, what's another, again, this isn't an order, but what's the last of the three? Dianetics. That's the those are the three that have any chance. They are neck and neck and neck. The others, uh, the 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 fourth place is Book of Mormon, ten percent of the vote. You know, pretty close. But the, the these others are all around the same amount. I'm not going to tell you what. I don't want to give anything away. But uh, it's it's a lot higher than ten percent. So Book of Mormon tried, but it's definitely not happening. So here's what I'm saying. If you would like to go back and ha- and have a you know hand in deciding which of those three is going to win, uh, anyone who voted for Book of Mormon, you could go back to thomasandthebible.com slash poll, and you could change your vote to one of those three, just because there's... I'll tell you this. 
the difference between the first and the third option is a lot less than the number of votes that are in the Book of Mormon. So that could make a big difference. So not that anyone, I don't know how much people care, but thank you for participating. Thank you for voting. I got a lot of votes. It's great. It uh, It's fun. I like that you guys are deciding the future of T and the B, which I guess can be known as T in the book now. I'll just be Thomas in the book and then it'll be the next, the next one. So, okay. So thanks for all that. Thanks Kevin for the intro. And now I guess since I can't find anything else to, you know, filibuster with, I guess we have to read the Bible. Ugh. Gosh, the Bible. We're going to be reading 1 Timothy uh, in its entirety. There's six chapters, and that's that's it. A nice even cutoff on 1 Timothy. So, as has been the case from time to time here, these were <laughs> 1 and 2 Timothy and the next one. They're called the Pastoral Epistles. It's 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus, I think. And they are three epistles that were accepted to have been written by Pasal until they were discovered they're not. <laughs> Pretty much, for the most part, everybody agrees now that these were not written by Pasal. They were written by someone else. And, were, you know, they may have been written as late as like the early, like the late first, early second or midway through the second century. So it could be like 150 AD, anywhere from like 100 to 150, and Paul had already died by then, so wouldn't really make sense that he wrote them, so <laughs> pretty easy calculation. But anyway, uh, yeah, so they're not written by Pasal, so I guess we can't really make fun of Pasal anymore, although it is kind of weird because they're supposedly, like they're supposed to have been written by Pasal, so I don't know. Am I still allowed to make fun of him? I guess not. I'll have to make fun of whoever the pastor is. All right, 1 Timothy 1. Man, I just think it's so funny that this is still even in the Bible. I mean, can't they issue a retraction? Like, oh, sorry, with the first edition of the Bible. <laughs> first edition. The the, the commonly uh, used edition, that's wrong. Let's reissue it, get rid of some of these books that were not written by Pasal. Because, like, okay, if it wasn't written by Pasal, then what's the value of it? Because, okay, I get, okay, allegedly... Pasal talk to Jesus. So you can say, okay, whatever he says, that has value. But once you get rid of that, once you're out of that, you know, like reality, and now we're just dealing with some dude, I don't know. He didn't talk to Jesus. I I mean, you could claim like, oh, well, he, maybe he talked to Paul or Yeah, but then any, I mean, eventually any Christian has the authority to write books of the Bible, if some dude who maybe talked to some dude who maybe talked to Jesus can do it. But anyway, 1 Timothy 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus, it's always the heading. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, P.O. Box 109, <laughs> it's like the return address, which is our hope. I would have just sent all these back, return to sender, and I would have sung the song, return to sender. Yeah, and then I just, I wouldn't have bought, I would never, I would have pretended whatever city that Pasal or someone acting like Pasal sent a, an epistle to, I would have just returned it. Oh, no, there's no, yeah. Oh, were you looking for uh, Ephesia? Yeah, no, Ephesia changed their address. The whole city is actually not there anymore. They they moved. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, it's it's coming back. It's undeliverable. <laughs> just the just the whole town. It's just undeliverable to the town. Can't do it. Sorry. 
unto Timothy, my own son. So this time he's writing, obviously it's called first Timothy and second Timothy. He's writing to Timothy, which you'll remember is some, the guy he sends around his gay boyfriend that he sends around to go do these things. Unto Timothy, my own son in the, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God, our father and Jesus Christ, our Lord, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. When I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. <laughs> now you tell me. We've already gone through all the genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some having swerved hath turned aside unto vain jangling, <laughs> desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. You know, again, I sh you know what? I shouldn't check these things ahead of time, but I have to because that's my job. I kind of feel like this writing does seem not Pauline or Pauline, as they would have said. I'm not sure which. Um, it seems a little less uh, obtuse, like it's a little more direct. You know, he's kind of just saying the things rather than going through a bunch of weird phrasings to like, like, I feel like I can understand it better. Normal Paul writing is barely intelligible. It's so difficult to get through all the weird constructions that he used. This one, I feel like, oh, okay, we know it, that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Simple enough. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for... <laughs> Someone stole his man once, he's still bitter about it. For liars, for perjured persons... And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. You know what? A further point. To the whole, there's no value in this letter because it wasn't written by Pasal. Not only is it not written by Pasal, it's written by an imposter. <laughs> it's written by somebody, even if you could say like, oh, well, he probably talked to Paul Pasal and he like, you know, maybe he know has some insights because of the, no, yeah, but he's lying to us. So he's pretending to be, he's literally writing as someone else and telling us what to do in that person's name. So that's got to be wrong, right? You can't really... Can't really keep that in your holy book, can you? Maybe, I'm not sure, maybe um, Catholics or or whoever just don't acknowledge that they're not by Paul, and so they just pretend. Maybe that's what they do. But it, it seems like if you acknowledged it, you could, you'd have to take him out of your book. You'd have to. It's a guy pretending to be someone he's not. He's lying. You have a book where someone is outright lying, and you know it. Like, that can't be in your book of things to do. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Like, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might shew forth all long suffering for a pattern of them which should hereafter believe on him to be everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou might them mightest, what? But thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. <laughs> what? Okay. I'm going to look that up. So it looks like those were just two preachers at the time who were preaching in a way that Pasal didn't like. So he like cast them out of the church or something. But I like how he phrases it. Yeah, yeah, I gave them to the devil. Hey, I was uh, I laid a shipment to the devil. I just had two guys that I, you know, I just gave them, gave them over to the devil, cast them out, you know, into the pits of hell. Like personally, me personally, I, I just threw them. I like how he phrased it that way. Instead, it's but the reality of it is like, hey, you're out of my club. <laughs> like that's all it is. It makes it this dramatic thing. I cast them into the pits. Um, so, First Timothy 2. I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And again, I can't fault Pasal for this because he didn't write this. So, whoever wrote it was being an idiot. I, I don't know. <laughs> for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, For uh, sorry, who will have all men to be saved and come under the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not a teacher of Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore, that I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel and shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Yeah, just be boring. Everyone wear like a white robe and shave your head. Just do that but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. Hmm. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Wow, this is some real... Se okay, so this is some real sexist stuff, but now I wonder if Christians are would be leveraging the fact that this wasn't written by Paul. So now I wonder if that's the, the argument. Oh, yeah, no, that's not written by Paul. That's why it's all sexist. It's uh, just disregard that and sweep that under the rug. For And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Oh, yeah, it's, it, I like that. It's transgression to be deceived. Listen to that phrasing. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Yeah, okay. So Adam is so great because he wasn't deceived, even though he was by Eve. But uh, but anyway, that's why he's better and, and men are better because Eve was deceived. But mind you, deceived. 
it's not your fault to be deceived by something. Like, especially when God just made you whole from whole, like God just made a person with their fully formed brain. How nothing that person does is their fault. That's 100% God's fault. It's just, it just is. You made a full, you made a robot with certain programming and put it in a certain situation that you had full control of. It's your fault. And you put a snake in there, you moron. Why did you put a talking snake in there? Anyway, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. And if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. On to chapter three. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. That's always, that's how you tell if something's true is if the person saying it says, this is a true saying. That's actually the only way. There's no other way to verify stuff. That's the only way. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must not have he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so, must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. These things I write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godlessness, of godliness, sorry. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up unto glory. So this guy sounds like a real dick. He's got a lot of rules for like, oh, women need to be be proper and look, you know, nice and godly and all, like he's got all these rules, which I love because the whole premise was forget all the rules. Here's all these rules. I love it. That's really Pasal and I guess Pasal knockoffs, <laughs> I guess in a nutshell, you could summarize them by saying, hey, forget all those rules in the Old Testament. You don't need rules. Anyway, here's some rules. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's Pasal. Now, First uh, Timothy 4, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron, 
forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created, to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers in word and conversation, charity and spirit, and faith and purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, which with the laying on hands, sorry, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. <laughs> Interesting. So like the root of Presbyterian? Presbytery. I don't think I've heard that in the Bible yet or read it. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt have, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. All right, Timothy 5, 1 Timothy 5. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger man as brethren, the elder woman as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. <laughs> I don't know, that, like, you have to confirm. Honor widows. Oh, well, okay, real widows, not those poser widows. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed, and desolate, trusteth in God, and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. God, this a-hole has a bunch of rules about women. Again, like, I don't, I don't know which comes first. I, get, I think the instincts to control women come before everything, I'm pretty sure, in humanity. And this guy was in particular a douchebag because he's, he has a part right here. I kind of looked it up to see what the hell he was even talking about. I think he, he's saying there's widows, but if the widows are too young, like they're, they're still kind of, you know, sexually interested in men, then they're no good. Like they're, <laughs> you have to treat widows well, as long as they're like old widows, but now younger widows, be careful with that. Like this guy's just a dirtbag. Uh, and these, see, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. <laughs> wow. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and specially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. Well reported, of for the good works 
If she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation, because they have cast off their first faith. This is still going. He's still going with the widow thing. Like, he's, uh, uh, wait, did I finish telling you about these young widows and how they... You know, they still are human, and so they want to have human relationships with men, even though they're widows. I'm like, hold on, let me, a couple more paragraphs on that scourge. <laughs> God. Having damnation, because they have cast off their first faith. And with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers and also busybodies, busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged that it may be that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. There's still he's still going on this. I thought this was like a one line. That's why I already summarized it because I thought, oh, this must just be kind of a one line thing. This is like. Pages after pages on widows. Did he get burned over by, like, was he in a relationship with a widow? And then he got really mad, like, you know, she broke it off. And so he's like, well, that's it. I'm taking it out on these widows. They're all the <laughs> Widows. They're all the same. <laughs> they, they, they tear your heart out. They lead you on. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn... And the laborer is worthy of his reward. I might hold on. I might have skipped one. Sorry. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that hath treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all, that others may also fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels. There's, the angels have elections. See, there's, there's different. There's incumbent angels. There's a, sometimes there's lame duck angels. But the elect angels, that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other man's sins. Keep thyself pure. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that others that are otherwise cannot be hid. All right, First Timothy 6, final chapter of First Timothy. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor <laughs> in the name of God, that in the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Yes, again, this is more slaves, you know, respect your masters kind of stuff. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, 
whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil, skirm, evil surmisings. <laughs> evil surmisings, I love it. Hmm, I surmised as much, evilly. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. Supposing that gain is godliness from such, withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. Well, that's a good, that's actually a good saying. It is this, it must be the origin of it. That's, that's interesting. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, while some, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and peace, uh, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godli godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall shew, who, in, who is the blessed and only potentate, potent, potentate, I think is, potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power and everlasting. Amen. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they may not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living of God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, Keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee, amen. All right, that's the end. Uh, yeah, so again, it's kind of weird that it's not Pasal. Like, I can't really make fun of Pasal for this. It's just some guy. It's not as satisfying. I like to be able to make fun of Pasal for being an idiot, but uh, I guess it's just some dude. So what can you do? All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Again, go to Thomas in the Bible slash poll. If you haven't voted at all, definitely vote. If you want to change your vote, again, to the three, let's see, again, in no order, random order, it was Dianetics, it was the Quran, and it was the, uh, oh, the rejected books of the Bible. Those were the three. So those are the main three. That The other ones do not have a chance. So if you want to change your vote, pick the one of those three that you want. But that, there it is, narrowed to the final three. I could almost get rid of those options, actually, so that it would make it easier for... I could do that. Ah, whatever. I'll see if people even care. All right, and uh, thanks to my all-time great patrons, John Bodley, Chris Lukowski, Marcel, Philip Gatt, Sarah Pike, Nicole Shepard, Japan Dan, uh, George Green, Charles Bangler, Tom Chambers, Brian Gare, Fordley, Primesburg, Travis Peterson, thank you, and Rob, 
Thank you guys so much for supporting the show at patreon.com slash T and the B. I love you. Uh, you're the reason the show exists. So thank you so much and I'll see you next week. <laughs>